Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are my journals out loud. And uh, I am recording this. It's Saturday. It's March 2nd, 2024. I know I'm all off my schedule, but we're just going to take a moment. I wanted to touch base because we've got uh, two days or 48 hours of wind incoming, uh, and it gets so loud, I can't really do a recording. So I thought I would take a moment and do it with you here now. And if you are new, I would like to say welcome. Uh, I would like to also tell you what this uh, podcasts are all about, but they're in a constant state of evolution. The things that stay the same, though, is this idea that uh, the more we understand ourselves in our nervous system, the more we are, I think, going to be able to adapt and manage the world around us. Uh, because you know, I'm trying to work with all of us through this idea of push-pull-pause, which is fight, flight, freeze, as a response to what's happening. But when we can get in front of it and we can intentionally work with it, then we are more prepared to deal with the wild uncertainty of everybody's here and now. And with that said, you know, we're all having a wildly unique experience and uh, <laughs> never the two shall meet. And uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to say this without really wanting to talk at all. And there's no way to do that. And I'm finding myself in this kind of catch-22. Uh, what happens, you know, when people are in fear or there's a high degree of stress is that we uh, often default into a behavior and uh, we're seeing that witnessed to us. Uh, the people who like to yell are yelling louder. Uh, the people who are afraid to know are collapsing and pulling their, the world around them more tightly. Uh, you know, the people who typically run away uh, are running faster or getting more distracted and into alternate things that maybe aren't related to what's going on. Uh, and the push people, who are often the yelling people, uh, they're just getting louder and more intense about their what they're right about. And you know, I've sort of gone through this thing in my head a you know a hundred different ways because uh, at, as an observation, when you can step out of the chaos of the world and you observe what's happening to yourself and to everyone, uh, there's this strange place that we're entering uh, where it's getting so out of control, you know, it's kind of like the best thing you can do is just stay out of the way. And part of me just wants to be silent. I don't want to talk at all. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk to others about it. I don't want to talk about myself. I don't want to talk about uh, what's going on out in the world. And yet I have a podcast which says I need to talk. And uh, it is this really interesting moment where in our fear, we tend to default into our comfort zone and pull that more tightly around us and then increase the behavior. Either we get louder and more belligerent about what we need to be true so we feel righteous, uh, we get more frozen, or we get more distracted. And 
the one thing that we don't tend to do and what I am mostly trying to do with you here is we don't tend to get more self-aware. We get more externally focused. The more out of control we feel, I think the more uh, the less open we are to observing about what's going on within us in relationship to what's going on around us. And it's and it's scary because it's real. You know, there's real things happening. Somehow, uh, you know, Substack, I like Substack because they're always trying to do things to improve. Uh, unfortunately, I can't seem to make any of them work on my phone, but the because uh, the app doesn't work. And so I have a lot. And so I touched something. So I'm not sure if it sent out uh, a podcast from last year. I got a prompt that says, hey, connect with your people send out an old post. And I thought I was clicking on the post to see what it was about because I didn't know what it was about. Uh, And it looked like to me it got sent out. Uh, I couldn't find it. So I don't know if it got sent to you or not, or it got published on the notes or whatever. But, uh, but I did go ahead and go into it and start listening to the first, uh, you know, five or 10 minutes and, you know, just press rewind. And it was of March 13th or 3rd or 23rd last year. And it basically, you know, it was a year ago. So I'm in the same time zone of life. Uh, it was a repeat of what's happening. The wind was outside, although I was back in New Mexico. I had left Yuma and I was back in my trailer in New Mexico. You know, I was complaining about the wind. I was talking about the wild uncertainty of everything around us, uh, how the tensions were building and the uncertainty was building. And it's just, you know, the same thing over and over. And I've been talking about it over and over. And, you know, I think of anything, I am shocked by how long the unfolding process of the external world and the crises seems to be taking. Uh, And so, you know, I've moved into this place, like I don't, nobody knows what the timeline is. And I think for myself, I mostly am listening to people, even when they're yelling, just trying to get a handle on what the timeline is, like where you need to be for certain things. And and we'll just never know, because I'll be honest, I can't believe that it, we haven't hit the crisis point already. I can't believe that buttons haven't been pushed already because there seems to be this inevitable uh, conclusion that we are moving to the worst version of World War III. And uh, I think in my anxiety, I'd have just already pushed the buttons and got it over with because waiting only seems to be dragging the process out and creating more problems. But that world events aside, uh, you know, we're living in this uh, period of escalating stress and escalating tension. And we all are responding to that in various ways. And so, when, you know, what I've been trying to do is kind of step out of it uh, and observe And as I observe, you know, I just see more and more fear and more and more reaction and more and more chaos. And we're all coping with that chaos in all our different ways. But, you know, I really think we've moved past the point where talking about it has any real value. Uh, You know, there's certain things that will always have value, like what's the weather forecast. And, uh, you know, right now, I think the Sierra, California, Nevada area is having 
a hundred inches of snow and a hundred plus miles of wind. That's the kind of thing you know you need to know that's incoming because it's important to know that, <laughs> that you're going to have that happen. You know, in the same way, uh, I know I'm going to be getting not nearly as much wind here, but if I don't have things tied down, uh, you know, I can watch them blow away and I'll be chasing things across the desert, right? So it's a information is important and helpful and valid just in terms of how we can make practical decisions, uh, you know, practical decisions for our survival, for our sanity, uh, you know, just practical decisions, you know, paying attention to how we feel or symptoms, you know, of who's not feeling well. I mean, there's just certain things that we need to know that we can't shut down our observation and our listening and our taking information in because it's just life is flow, right? We can't stop eating and drinking. So we still have to understand, you know, where water and food come from. But, but the level, the increasing intensity of the chaotic energy is, and we're not even at a peak point yet. I mean, it's, you know, if I didn't have to live it, if I could just sit, which I kind of am, I guess, you know, if I could just sit and observe it, it's fascinating because we've all read history and we all have this awareness of peak events, you know, from massive cataclysmic uh, stories from our past, great floods and, uh, you know, great uh, acts of meteors falling and things like that. And uh, it's just, it's fascinating, you know, because we don't tend to project understanding into what it must have felt like in real time. Uh, even movies, you know, they're just condensed versions. I remember uh, it was a uh, Twilight Zone episode and the guy, you know, made the comment that he wished he could, his life was like a movie and his whole life, he experienced it reduced to like an hour and a half and it was just highlights. It was glimpses just the, the peak points without all that downtime, all that in-between time, and how, you know, the story has three components. It has, uh, you know, you establish character, situation, events, you create a crisis, that's the second thing, a conflict, some kind of decision needs to be made, and then you have resolution, whether it's one you want or whether you don't want, and that same tiny framework is how we experience other people's stories when they're in a condensed version. And it's satisfying, but this real life, real time thing is excruciating. And, you know, you can see why, uh, you know, people just poke the bear, literally, right, to uh, get the, get the, the crisis over because this unbearable tension of waiting for the next shoe to drop somehow if this great big thing happens, I have that, you know, with my uh, car, because everybody, whether you're living in your vehicle or not, at some point, right, your vehicle is going to have a problem. And I started it the last time I went to go get supplies, and it turned on and died, and then it started okay. And, you know, I was told it was probably the fuel, but there's like this huge panic that sets off, because now I have to make all these decisions around that, and it started okay, you know, the next three times in town. So I still haven't tried it since, you know, that. But there's this 
this overriding thought now, you know, and it's always kind of a common push at what if the car doesn't start? What am I going to do? And, you know, we all have that. What if I lose my job? What if I can't make the payments? What if I get a medical diagnosis? What if this person leaves me? Uh, We all have that waiting for the hammer to fall within us. And some people are more oblivious to that. And some of us, unfortunately, are more obsessive about it and think about every single hammer that could fall. Uh, And so there's a practical process to that. Uh, And there's also more stress. So it's, there's no perfect way through. And, and that's the nervous system. You know, some people don't want to think about anything. They just shut down. Some people, uh, over plan, uh, and there's a lot of stress around that. Uh, and some people just assume that someone else is going to come in and take care of it for them. And so we're all, you know, navigating this world in our own unique way. And I think we forget in this conversation about who's right and who's wrong, what is the truth, what's actually happening, uh, we forget that everybody else is just like us. They're responding to what they fear most in the way that best gives them some sense of control and or peace around this idea that they're not safe in some way. And some people do it loudly and belligerently. Uh, some people do it very controlling and uh, retracting, you know, contracting. Some people disassociate and, you know, some people use drugs and alcohol. Uh, some people leave, you know, just run away and leave the country or go hide or whatever. We all are doing the exact same thing in this moment of time in our own unique combination of ways that we best know how to cope. And, you know, thank God, some people still want to get up and check and be uh, weather people. And some people are still going to work and delivering food. And some people are still going uh, to school to teach, although that's highly questionable these days, right? And so, you know, thank God, most people are still getting up and doing the day in and day out of their life because without people functioning within the chaos, right, then the whole system really will shut down. And so it's such a fascinating moment in time Uh, But I find myself just wanting to stop talking and to pull back and just observe because, you know, one of the things that happens is we start looking at who to attack. So the more in fear we are, the more we uh, persecute and seek out to kill or control or conquer or enslave what we're afraid of. And that history is full of that happening. And, uh, you know, I've been looking at things that have, uh, they're upsetting uh, at what we do. Uh, And, you know, often it's women and children, you know, that often are become the kick the dog down 
the the hierarchy, right? You know, you don't have any control at work. So you go home, you know, beat the wife, the wife hits the kid, the kid kicks the dog, right? Pass it down in terms of not being able to cope instead of, you know, coming in and saying, hey, family, this is happening and it's really scary. What can we as a family do to manage this overwhelming time of emotional and physical uncertainty? Uh, and we just don't really have the skill set to do that. We just tend to want to lash out. And that's really, you know, the whole point of this nervous system discussion isn't to uh, be some magical la-la creature, you know, a guru sitting, you know, on the top in a cave with perfect uh, clarity and, and whatever. But uh, like life is hard and it's real and it's easy to take yourself out of life and create a uh, sense of well-being. It's really hard to participate in life in a real way and keep your shit together, especially in times of great chaos and again, you know, we're not even at the peak of it. We still have a long, long way to go. And history shows us that people get super scary when the stress and uncertainty get very high. Uh, and we often do things we never thought we were capable of doing to another human being even, you know, when we see ourselves as virtuous. And, and that's scary because you just, you know, you start to think about, well, where am I on the, the hierarchy of having bad things happen to me? Uh, and, you know, the most vulnerable are the ones that can do the least to protect themselves are the ones that usually get the worst version of how people act out in times of high stress and chaos. And, uh, you know, so we haven't, we haven't had that moment where the pressure releases because, you know, there, there's that one event. We saw a little bit about that uh, in, I guess, the tw was it 2020 riots when uh, people were burning things down. And, you know, some of that was paid people to go in and burn things down. But it gives you a sense of how the, the irrationality of it all happens and it just takes over and then you're in the middle of it and there's nothing you can do to stop it and it becomes about survival and you can have you know la la conversations all day long uh, but if you're there in that it doesn't make you a bad person it doesn't make you a personal or a spiritual failure because you happen to be in the one place where the bad thing is happening it just means this is what you're experiencing and and you know the more aware we are of how we respond to fear and how we respond to intense adrenaline and how we respond to wild uncertainty and how we respond to violence and danger, the better we're going to do to manage ourselves in that event. And so, you know, if you know that if someone's coming at you and you're going to collapse, you know, you're just going to not be able to uh, face an assault, then you know that the best thing you can do is just to hide. Just write it out and hide. Uh, it's the more we learn and understand about ourselves and the people that we're closest to. You know, I'm having this thing with the dogs, and it's fascinating to watch their different responses to different events and what they perceive as 
uh, being dangerous versus what I perceive as being dangerous. Now, you know, my perception is, or my belief, or my, is that uh, when something scary is out in the dark and I can't see it, you know, I need you guys to be quiet because I don't want to alert whatever's out there that we're here and or I'm trying to listen to see what the danger is. Uh, there, you know, warning, danger, danger. <laughs> I'm like, you guys need to be quiet, right? That's all I can think of is you guys need to be quiet because you don't need to tell anybody where we are. But we're having two wildly different experiences to the same event based on our nervous systems. Theirs is danger alert. Mine is danger. Shut up. Let me listen. And how... I think what's one of the things that's uh, shocking to me is that, you know, when you're in the wild, you know, and I'm not totally wild, but I'm close enough. What I've learned is the greater the danger, the more I need to be quiet. I need to listen. Uh, I need to trust the nuance of the energy. I'm listening for the tiniest of sounds. Uh, I'm watching for the tiniest of movement. Uh, I am contracting my energy within me so that I can better experience the energy around me to make me more responsive to anything that's incoming. And, and that's a lot easier to do in nature and with wildlife, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, it's, but it's like the opposite of, you know, Americans. Americans are loud and obnoxious and lack a lot of self-awareness. And uh, I moved to a different spot. I was trying to get closer to town in case my car didn't start. Uh, but the people here are louder than where I've been. I mean, really loud. You know, there's all these loud noises. And it is unsettling for me because, you know, as soon as it gets dark, especially, I'm listening for noise. That's my alert system. But I can only listen when I'm silent. And of course, the dogs aren't silent. So then that makes it difficult to listen. So then my stress goes up. I mean, these are the nuances that if we can practice them when there's not real danger and I think, well, what would I do if there was actual danger? Uh, you know, one of the questions I've always had is, would I be able to sleep in a world where there was actual danger? And, uh, you know, that's always been this question. And I, when I was reading that book, The Road, uh, it was, you know, nuclear winter. So it was like when it was dark at night, it was dark. There was no uh, starlight or moonlight. Uh, and it, it was so enveloping, you know, the way that it was described. I thought, you know, you probably would be able to go to sleep because not only can you can you not see anybody is that nobody can see you that when there's such complete and absolute darkness. Uh, and this is a world where, you know, there's not night vision and those kinds of things. You know, you're, no one else is going to be moving around either. And so there would be probably more of an ability to kind of relax a little bit and get some sleep. Uh, but also, uh, I know last night, the night before, I didn't get enough sleep. And as I was trying to listen to all the noise last night, which is why I didn't sleep the night before, because I was listening to all the noises, trying to ascertain, you know, kind of what was going on. And, uh, you know, I'm uncomfortable when I don't 
understand what the noises are, so I didn't go to sleep as early as I'd like to. Uh, last night I was just so tired. I'm like, there's nothing I can do about it. And so I thought, well, eventually you just get so tired, right? Your nervous system just shuts down. You cannot sustain indefinite vigilance and indefinite alert. Uh, and that's the power of, you know, traveling with a group is that, you know, you can take turns listening and being aware, but not if everybody is being super loud and obnoxious. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm at this point where I just want to be quiet. I don't want to talk about anything. I'm just trying to, I'm observing, uh, and there's really nothing to say. We have moved into this level of external insanity and almost everything we're seeing is people trying to control by acting out with their personal nervous system response and almost all of us, you know, sometimes myself included, we do it unconsciously. We're acting in a certain way where we think we're responding in an appropriate way. But really what we're doing is we're, we're reacting to something that we're afraid of, whether we're conscious of that or not. And we're doing it in such a way that, uh, you know, either we're trying to kill it, conquer it, fight it, bully it, yell at it, push it, be bigger and louder than it, or, you know, fighting it, running away from it, or just collapsing in the face of it, or some combination of all of those. And it really does reduce down to that uh, when you can understand the breakdown. And we can only ever understand any of that uh, when we're willing to go into the silence and just retreat, pull back, pull back all the feelers and the the awarenesses and the sensory inputs and not look and listen and think and all those stuff. So we can just pull back. And to me, you know, that's the power of the journaling. It's an opportunity to dump out the chaos and the garbage and get down to the real core of what's actually happening. And not everybody cares about that. Most people don't care about that. Most people aren't observing the world and analyzing and seeking to grow from the experience and learn from it. They're just moving through it without being very conscious about any of it. Or it's consciousness about, you know, the ego level stuff. You know, very few people are moving through the world uh, in a deeply... Uh, non-physical kind of way, trying to understand things. And uh, and none of those deep things, meaningful things happen in noise. They only happen in silence. And if you can't ever be silent, you know, that's something that needs to get paid attention to. And, you know, the question is, well, why can't you? What is the discomfort with the silence? Uh, and usually, you know, there's something there that we don't want to know, we don't want to think about, we don't want to feel. Uh, you know, when I'm listening for scary noises, uh, I, you know, I'm listening to be safe, but I also don't want anything to ever actually show up because I don't really want to deal with that. So, uh, you know, do you do yourself any favors? I don't have the answer to that. I just know that's how I'm wired and I can't really not do it at this point. Uh, I can manage it, but it's who I am, just like we all have some version of who we are. But it is a 
again, it is just this such a fascinating moment. Uh, and, you know, I think in so many ways, the best we can do is to decide how intentionally we want to move through it and what we, how we want to take meaning from it. Uh, because we're not going to save the world. We're not going to stop what's happening. Nobody is right about anything because everybody can't be right and everybody can't be wrong. It has to be some combination of things that no single person could ever understand. And, you know, we only think that we know everything as an action of fear. It's our uncertainty it's so uncomfortable. Uh, we decide that we know everything, you know, and that helps us feel safe. That's a nervous system response. You know, I, I have to be right because being uncertain is so uncomfortable. I can't stand it. So I have to control and uh, be dominant in my thinking. And, uh, and I need to dominate everybody around me. And some people are really good at being loud and dominant, you know, about what they think is the truth. And, uh, and if you disagree with them, you know, you're killed. Or if you challenge, you're killed. And so that, you know, becomes uh, a danger. And so, you know, those, if you don't want to agree, uh, do you want to fight the person who thinks they're right? Or do you want to, you know, run away? Or do you want to hide? Uh, it, there isn't a perfect answer to everything. And I think that's sort of the hardest part about all of this is uh, this isn't the first time. It won't be the last time. This is human nature. It's a sad commentary on human nature that we act like this, that we allow this, that we're unaware of why these things happen because they need not be, right? I mean, it's a very simple. Uh, mo we all, probably all of us listening, we don't need to kill anybody to get through this life to feel safe and comfortable. Uh, we don't need to control anybody to feel safe and comfortable because we can mostly agree on things. Unfortunately, there's always a few that don't, and that's what creates all this chaos. And it just, the cycle repeats over and over and over again. We just give it another, uh, different names and different labels and different details. We dress different. We organize ourselves different. We have different names for everything. Uh, but it's all the same thing because it's like nature. It reduces itself to its most basic form uh, you know, nature has very simple rules and we are part of nature and we have this nervous system that talks to us in its own way. And the better we understand that language, I think the better, you know, we can navigate through this process. Uh, you know, there's a, a lot of people out there working with uh, I'm, you know, I've been looking, you know, for people talking about the nervous system and, you know, almost all of it is about healing trauma because, you know, we've moved into this world where everybody's been traumatized and I don't know if that's true or not, but that is, that's only a step. Uh, and it's something that is a good thing. You know, if you've had trauma and you are healing, that is a positive, wonderful thing. But at the same time, everybody is going through this experience collectively, and we all are having a nervous system response to it. Uh, and we need to start having this bigger conversation that we're not just sitting at home healing, 
uh, we're all still participating in an interconnected way. And all of the craziness is everybody reacting to their own perceptions, their own beliefs. And most people are reacting out of what they don't want. I don't want to feel out of control, so I'm going to dominate you. I don't want to feel uh, lonely, so I'm going to, you know, control you so that I'm never alone. Uh, I don't want to feel uh, insignificant, so I'm going to be at the top of the hierarchy, right? I don't want to be uh, ugly, so I'm going to pay some doctor to cut me up so I can retain some false sense of youth, right? I mean, we have all this crazy, crazy stuff we do to us because we lack basic self-awareness and we won't take the time to move into the silence and ask very simple questions. And if you push against somebody else's fear, then it escalates. Uh, If you pull away from somebody's fear, it can escalate. If you shut down in the presence of somebody's fear, it can escalate. And so then, there, you know, there's, I don't want to talk. Uh, I don't want to be in proximity to the crazy people, to the intensity. Uh, so there isn't a real simple solution to any of this. But the only thing that makes sense to me at this moment is, you know, when we can go into the silence and practice some level of self-awareness, we're not going to be safe from everything, but at least we'll know what's happening and why it's happening. And, you know, whether that's valuable or not, I don't know. That's up to everybody else. But, uh, and I don't know any other way to be because, you know, I think the most powerful example is to observe how the rest of the natural world does it. And they don't, live in hyper vigilance. I, you know, it was fascinating to me when I would see the cows and the antelope or whatever, uh, you know, sometimes they would react to the coyotes and sometimes the coyotes would just walk right next to them and nobody got excited. So there was this ability to know when the danger from the predator was real and when the danger wasn't real. And that just mere visual sighting, you know, just seeing the predator did not mean that you were going to be killed. And the animals all seemed to understand the difference between when they needed to be on alert and defensive and when it was business as usual. Everybody just kept eating and the coyote would just walk on by or the coyotes and nobody was phased. And so it's it's a fascinating moment. Uh, I just, you know, I'm just like, I don't, you know, there's just, it's, we can't really talk. If we're still trying to talk about what's right, what's happening, what's wrong, you should do this. uh, You're missing the point of this moment because, uh, you know, we need to have a timeline and just like you need to have a weather report. You know, if there's incoming invading armies, we need to know that. But you know, we're at this point now where the insanity has escalated to such a point, I don't think there's any way to stop the tsunami or the tidal wave. Uh, And there's really no place to escape the tsunami or the tidal wave. There's just best navigating through this. And some people will be on high ground and some people are going to be caught on low ground. 
Uh, and it isn't a personal spiritual failure if you're high ground or low ground. It's just this is happening to all of us. And we're all going to die in this process in some way at some point, just like we would if there was nothing happening. But we are in a really unique moment. And the swirl of the energy, the intensity is just increasing every single day. And every response to it is really just as simple as, uh, you know, there's something in us that's registering danger. And so we're responding to it, you know, in the way that we are wired uh, whether it's a nature or nurture, I don't think is important right now. I think it's more a self-awareness. Uh, and the only way to really get mastery of any of this is to one, to want to. Uh, and two is you have to be able to be willing to stop talking and listen and be silent. Uh, there's no way to observe incoming through not having silence and self-awareness because you can't hear when there's a lot of noise. You can't see, you know, when your eyes are tight or shut uh, and you're not going to be able to outrun anything that's going on. And that's really scary. Uh, You know, we've lived in this bubble of safety and security But there's been a high cost to other people around the world. And the truth of that still hasn't, you know, hit home for most people. But there's consequences to not paying attention. There's consequences to not being willing to know what's happening. Uh, You know, there's consequences. And we're in that period of time Uh, And we're all in a different place in the world. So we're all having a different experience. But the one thing we all have in common is this is a massively hard time to be alive. And we're not even at the worst part of it yet. And so uh, it's hard to even know what to say. So I just wanted to touch base. Again, I'm all over the place with the timing on these things. But Uh, Again, two more days of wind, so I know I won't be able to record for the next couple days, but I just wanted to say hi, and uh, never is more important to have some kind of practice of journaling, of breathing, of meditation, of nature, of silence, of disconnecting from the electronics, uh, of giving your nervous system a break and allow it to rest from its gathering information, because you know, we're on super alert right now, whether we're conscious of it or not. Even if you're a freeze person and you're shut down and disassociated, uh, there's a part of you that's still collecting information. Uh, We're just connected, whether we want to be or not. And so the more we can do, uh, and I think I had that in the past video, uh, you know, the more we can do with simple things like breathing and grounding and uh, just simple, simple stuff, Uh, is going to be really critical, even though it doesn't feel like it's a big deal. It's sort of like, uh, you know, it it adds up over time. It's it's not a one-time make or break kind of thing. It's just it adds up over time. And this is a long game. This isn't a short game. This is a long game. And we still have a long way to go. And 
so that's just what I wanted to add for the day. So I hope you all have a super fabulous weekend. Uh, we are going to be hiding from the super fabulous wind. Uh, and I'm going to also probably be moving soon. That is if the car moves. Uh, I don't exactly know when or where because that's a whole separate thing that's going on. But just as an update, that's what's happening. And with that, my friends, I will see you next time.